review of last week's lesson. We had so many people out, and then uh, I was I was really quite sick last week when I was preaching, and I was doing my best to to be clear about it. But I wanted after uh, getting home that afternoon, I thought, you know, I, I don't know that I did justice to the subject. So uh, we're going to we're going to go back and re- and kind of review some of the things and make sure that uh, we have a biblical foundation for it. and. Uh, so we'll be this week, and then we'll also be next Sunday, Lord willing, on this subject uh, of tithing. And uh, I, I just want to start off by saying this. Uh, I, I hold very strongly, very strongly to uh, teaching what I believe the Bible teaches us regarding these subjects. And um, I have been raised in uh, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James Version, Baptist churches uh, throughout my life. And uh, there are a few things, uh, as I've gotten older and studied them in Scripture, that we have taught uh, in error. And I want to make sure that when we teach on these things, that we teach them correctly according to what the Bible has to say. Um, I don't change positions uh, very lightly. In fact, it has to be uh, absolutely irrefutable in Scripture. Uh, if there is any vagueness at all uh, in trying to understand the truth, I will hold to the position I've had historically because I trust men that I have sat under and listened to uh, throughout my life to have uh, wisdom and to have understanding in these matters. Um uh, but there was an issue on the issue of tithing a number of years ago. It's been about seven years, six, maybe six years ago, I guess now, or so, maybe five years. Um, that was brought to my attention, and, and, and a question was asked of me. And uh, you know how we are uh, when somebody asks us a question. Uh, we, we give our, our pat answer, our standard, um, you know, big box store answer, prepackaged. Um, and, uh, and yet... I was. I told him. I said, "Look, I'll look into it. I will look at Scripture and I'll do a study and and see if just make sure that we are right on this issue." And um, I, I came to the subject with the, with an absolute intent of um, saying, "Lord, I want to know what Your Word says. I don't. I don't want to just hold to what I've always believed." And so I came to the Bible with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, or so I thought. About a week or so into studying it and spending hours a day looking into this and looking at passages and uh, beginning in the very beginning in Genesis and finding every reference I could find in Scripture on the tithe or the tenth, um, even issues of giving, uh, which are not necessarily uh, dealing with tithing, but I wanted to get everything I could find on it. And about ten or so days into it, uh, I caught myself, as much as I tried uh, to not do this, I caught myself trying to explain away verses that did not agree with what my position was. And I had to stop and I had to say, Lord, I've messed up here. I've got to go back and start all over again. Because I shouldn't have to try to make the Bible fit what I believe. I need to make sure that my belief falls in line with what the Bible teaches. And I will say this, and I know that I have been ostracized numbers of times with 
uh, men that are friends of mine in ministry. I've even been ostracized by church members and people that don't understand where I come from on some of these issues. Uh, but I would rather be right by Scripture than in agreement with thousands of other people who have it wrong. And it's very, very important to me that we begin to teach these things from the Bible perspective. I want to start off by giving this thought, too. And I'm going to ask you to bear with me throughout the entirety of the teaching. Because at no point, at no point at all am I ever saying we should not give or that we should not give sacrificially. In fact, I believe the Bible teaches so strongly on this issue. But I want to make sure that when we're teaching about tithing, that we are teaching biblically from the Word of God on it. And I, uh, when I got to the place where I realized that the position I'd held for many years and had even taught was not in line with Scripture, I then began to ask some questions. One of the questions was, uh, how did we ever get to teaching it this way? Uh, and so I, I spent some a, a great deal of time reading many, many men of God from years past, uh, even some of what we would refer to as the church fathers, uh, people that were instrumental back in the early centuries of the New Testament church in some of their writings, and tried to find where we went off the trail. And the best I could find, the earliest I could find of someone that was holding to the doctrine that we as Baptists hold to um, as far as uh, our Baptistic uh, distinctives and our Baptistic doctrine. The earliest I can find somebody teaching it the way that we typically teach it today was in the late 1800s. Up until that time, they were writing and teaching on this the way that I'm going to teach it to you today and next week. Uh, so it was in the late 1800s, I, I found one person, one person that kind of agreed mostly with our doctrine that said, that began to teach uh, tithing the way we teach it today, uh, oftentimes we teach it today. And then I found a large number of our types of churches in the early 1900s, about 1915, 1918, somewhere in that range, began to write, and many of their messages that were written and recorded began to have the modern teaching of tithing that we teach today. And I couldn't help but wonder, and this was one of the things that uh, I, was, I was concerned about, uh, there is another denomination out there that uh, has taught this way, uh, that has taught the way we typically teach tithing uh, for hundreds of years, um, where it is an, oblig- it's an obligation. Um, in fact, so much so that I have sat in church services and heard men, uh, Baptist preachers, get up and say, uh, God is going to get His tithe one way or the other from you. And if you don't do it, He'll find a way. And I, I've heard the stories of people going to visit people in the hospitals and saying, uh, this is your tithes and offerings because you didn't tithe. Uh, folks, this is never the intent that God had for tithing. Uh, it's nowhere found in Scripture in this way. And I want us to take a look at it. And uh, I want to go back through many of the notes that we did last week because I know a lot of folks were not able to be here. And, and, and then I, so I'm going to teach this week on what, what tithing in the Old Testament was. 
And then we're going to, next week we're going to deal with, uh, now how do we approach giving in the New Testament? Are we still under this obligation? Um, we're going to begin, uh, let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 18 in your Bibles. And again, we're going to keep your Bibles handy because I want you to understand that this is not my opinion on this. In fact, if, if you were to have my opinion on it, I would teach what is typically taught uh, in our churches today because I, I was raised that way. That's what I believed. Uh, that's what I held to. And I did not change my position on this lightly. It was something that uh, literally was uh, several months. I think it was about two, maybe two and a half months of studying on it and praying about it uh, before I finally resigned myself to the fact that, Lord, uh, I've been teaching it wrong. And I want to make sure that I teach it right. And uh, so let's take a look at this. And, and I want to say this. If we get to the end of this study and you say in your heart, I just don't see it, Pastor. I, I, I want to hold to the, the 10%, the tithing. I've always done it. God's always blessed it. He, he will. He will. God is, God is always going to bless our giving. He is. And I'm not standing up here and telling you that if you're tithing today that you're sinning because you're not. But I think you're giving out of a false sense of obligation. And I think you miss out on some of the great rewards and joys of giving because we do it as an obligation rather than what the Bible teaches we ought to do. And, and, and we'll look at that next week. Look with me in Numbers chapter number 18. Now, we'll start off by saying this. Uh, I've had discussions with other pastors, and I've, I've brought this issue up. And uh, one of the, I'll ask, I usually start off by asking them, uh, are we still obligated to tithe in the New Testament? And, um, and usually, typically, the answer I get, and most, most pastors that I've talked to have said this, um, they say, well, we've not been given a command to stop tithing in the New Testament. And because we've not been given a command to stop, then we should continue to do it because it was instructed in the Old Testament. I mean, if you've heard something similar to that over the years. Okay. Here's a couple problems <clears throat> with that. There are three types of laws that God gave uh, to the nation of Israel. There were ceremonial laws. The ceremonial laws dealt with uh, the way that they would perform the practices in the tabernacle and their way of worship. And these were distinctly given to the nation of Israel for purposes of identifying them as God's people. Um, then there was what were called civil laws. Civil laws dealt with literally just the laws of the land to help things run smoothly. Um, so they had laws against what would you do if somebody stole from you. What would you do if somebody murdered somebody? And, and they dealt with civil laws. Uh, and then there were what were called moral laws that God gave. The moral laws are inherent to every man. God's established a moral standard for all mankind. The civil laws certainly can be used by modern-day countries to pattern their laws after it. And many of the laws in our country early on were patterned after principles that were found in God's Word, and I'm thankful for that. But they are not one of the things that if we don't do that civil law, 
were sinning. For instance, uh, if a child uh, was disrespectful or disobedient to their parent, according to the civil law of the land, they were to be what? They were to be stoned. Do we still do that today? No, we don't. Are we sinning because we don't do that today? No. The civil law is there as a guideline. It helps us to see the heart of God on the matter. And so we teach things along that line. But we're not obligated to it. And then there were the ceremonial laws. The ceremonial laws were designed specifically for the nation of Israel. They were for the purpose of identification and sanctification and their act of worshiping God in the temple. And uh, again, these were laws that uh, the Bible says when Jesus came, He came to fulfill the law in its entirety. And according to the book of Hebrews chapter number 8, we are no longer under those laws. In fact, if you'll take time to read the book of Galatians, Paul is very strong on this issue. Uh, that there was an old law that was imperfect, and now or an old covenant that was imperfect, and now there's a new covenant. We're no longer under the law, we're under grace. So Paul can say something along these lines. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. And he's saying we're not under those laws anymore. Uh, there were a group of Christians in the early church that in order for somebody to get saved that was a Gentile, they were requiring them to be circumcised. Well, circumcision was a ceremonial law for Israelites only. And, uh, and so Paul uh, rebuked them for that and said, you cannot hold the Gentiles to a ceremonial law. It's not right, according to Scripture. And Paul preached this and taught this. Now, that being said, the purpose of tithing in the Old Testament given to the nation of Israel was part of their ceremonial law or their worship, if you will, in the temple. There are two mentions of tithe. Well, let me back up. There's one mention of tithe. There's one mention of giving a tenth prior to the law being given. One of them was uh, when Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem. He was also the high priest of God. And um, how many of you have heard that one as, uh, well, this is why we ought to tithe, because Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Anybody heard that one? Okay. There's a couple of issues with that. First of all, uh, Abraham was not commanded to tithe. He had vowed a vow and had made a vow. And I will say this, if you've made a vow to tithe, then you better tithe because you vowed a vow. But you're not obligated to tithe unless you've made a vow to it. It was voluntary on Abraham's behalf. The second thing was, he tithed of the spoils of a battle that he fought in the war. He didn't tithe of the increase of his own flocks or the increase of uh, his, his business dealings. He tithed on the, 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 the spoil of the enemy. And thirdly, if you'll take the opportunity to read it, Genesis chapter number 14, you'll find that Melchizedek initially refused the tithe. If that was a, an example for us, that we should tithe, why would Melchizedek refuse it? And if you hold the position that Melchizedek was a, an Old Testament uh, 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 appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, which I personally hold to, why would Christ tell him, no, I don't want the tithe, if it was required, if it was something that was God's law? 
The second time we find it prior to the law was when Jacob gave 10%. And he gave 10% of all that he had, all the increase that came in. And, uh, and we'll find that. But once again, we see a couple of things happening here. We find it was a vow that he had made to God at Bethel, if you'll remember the story. And he rose that morning, and when he made a vow to God, he said, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything. He doesn't call it a tithe, he calls it a tenth. I understand the word tithe means tenth, but it's not something that was commanded of him to do. It was something he did out of a heart that he loved, he loved the Lord, and he wanted to do this for him. So we cannot use those two instances. Those two have to be set aside as maybe some examples in giving. That's fine. But to obligate to a tithe from those two examples, I think, is a stretch of the, of the Scriptures. Because neither of these men were obligated nor were commanded to tithe. They did out of a heart of gratitude. And as you'll see next week, when we get into New Testament giving, uh, you'll find that is the heart of the matter. That we give from our hearts. Jesus taught in the New Testament, uh, He said that uh, God loveth a cheerful giver. You know how hard it is to give when you're obligated to do it? Not only that, there is an emphasis in the New Testament over and over and over again that we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we tithe weekly on, on our income uh, that comes in, there is no seeking of the Holy Spirit's leading in the area of our giving. There is no joy in it. There's no, there's no wow, I can't believe the Holy Spirit did such a work. Um, so, so let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 18. And uh, let's, let's look at the Old Testament. I'm going to, I'm going to for a little while here, let's, let's hold to this, this original position that a lot of people are saying, that God hasn't discontinued it. He didn't say not to do it. By the way, be careful about developing a doctrine on what's not in Scripture. You've got to be very careful of that. Um, but let's, for, for the sake of argument, let's, let's hold to what we've typically taught uh, in our churches today for just a few moments and say, okay, we need to do it because they did it in the Old Testament. And that's one of the biggest arguments I get. So let's look at what the Old Testament did. Okay, Can we look at tithing in the Old Testament and let's see what it was? Uh, there are several questions I want to answer. First of all, who was commanded to tithe? Secondly, what was the purpose of the tithes? Thirdly, what were they supposed, supposed to tithe on? And then fourthly, are we still supposed to do it today? Uh, so let's take a look here. Numbers chapter 18. <coughs> Excuse me. Numbers chapter 18. Let's look in verse number... Um, let's go down to verse number 20. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, <coughs> Thou shalt have no inheritance in the land. That's key. Keep that in mind. Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. 
Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and among the children of Israel that have no inheritance. The tithe that was the first one given in the Old Testament was to be given to the Levites for the purpose of living. They didn't have an inheritance. They didn't have land that they could farm and raise a crop for them and their families. And so they were to live off of the tithes that the children of Israel brought in. And so the first tithe that we hear find here, which is a tenth, and we'll talk about it in a minute, a tenth of what, but the first tithe that is commanded of the children of Israel is a command to tithe 10%, uh, a tenth, to the Levites. And we'll talk a little bit further about this, but we don't have the role of Levites anymore. The Levites served in the temple. They were a mediator for the people. The people were not allowed to come into those places in the tabernacle where God's presence was. We do not have Levites today. We don't have the position of Levites as of uh, Hebrews chapter number 8. And if you'll remember when Jesus was on the cross and said, It is finished, and the Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent. There is no more a Levite position to give to. And the purpose for giving to them was not worship. The purpose of giving to the Levites was so that they could meet their physical needs to free them to serve in the tabernacle. Jesus Christ is the one who fills that role for us today. Does Jesus need the tithe to live, to survive? He does not. So the first tithe that we find in the Old Testament is 10% that was to be given to the Levites. And then they were in turn to give a tenth of what they received to the, the priests that were actively in the temple serving. Uh, and let's uh, look um, down to verse number 25. You can stay in the same chapter. Let's look down to verse number 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites, and say unto them. So now he's talking to the Levites. When ye take of the children of Israel the tithes. Look at that word for a moment. The what? The tithe. Anytime we see tithe with an S on it, that means there's more than one of them. The tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe, and this your heave offering shall be reckoned unto you as though it were the corner of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the wine press. Very, very important that we find that the tithe was agricultural. It was the the crops, the vine, and flocks. We'll find out later on that flocks also come into play, but it was agricultural. And the Levites were to give a tenth of it. Now, I understand in the context of the passage that the word tithes, plural here, means the individual tithe that each person brought, meaning there were multiple of them, to and for the purpose of the Levites. But I wanted you to understand that there is a pluralness to tithe that we're going to find in the book of Malachi that does not deal with 
the individual tithe for a specific purpose, but it will be dealing with one of three different tithes that are given by God in the Old Testament. There's a second tithe that God gives to them in Deuteronomy chapter number 12. Well, wait a minute. Uh, in the day that we teach, uh, we don't usually talk about a second tithe, do we? We pretty well just teach there's one. You're to give 10%. That's not what the Bible teaches. If we're going to hold to the Old Testament and say, well, we've got to do it because the Old Testament did it, and we've not seen God stop it in the New Testament, then then we've got to look and see, well, what was this tithe? Let's look at the second one that God gives to them. Deuteronomy, if you will, chapter number 16. Deuteronomy chapter number 16. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 13. We're going to read several verses here. Thou shalt observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. So we're dealing here with the Feast. After that thou hast gathered in thy what? Thy, what does it say there? Verse number 13. After that thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. Okay? We're not talking about anything other than their, their crops. Alright? And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast. Thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant, thy maidservant, the Levite, the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are within thy gates. Seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose." In the Feast of Unleavened Bread, in the Feast of Weeks, and in the Feast of Tabernacles, they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So there's three feasts that are given here. And they are to go to these feasts. They are to go to where the Lord tells them to go for these feasts. Every man shall give, and I want you to notice verse 17. What is the next phrase here? Every man shall give as he is able According to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee, judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with last judgment. Uh, so we're going to see a couple of things here, that there is a tithe that is to be given for the purpose of attending the festival. They were to set this this abundance aside, we're going to look at some other scriptures that will deal a little clearer with this, but to launch into this, uh, there was a tithe that was to be spent by the family to go to a festival. Three times a year they were to go to these things. And they were to use the tenth or the tithe that God tells them to here uh, to go to these festivals. Look with me back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 12. Deuteronomy chapter number 12. And uh, let's look in verse number 6. We'll back up to uh, verse number 5. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek thither, and thou shalt come. And thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your what? Tithes 
and heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your free will offerings and the firstlings of your herd and of your flocks. And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God. And ye shall rejoice in all that ye put in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. And so once again, the tithe was to be used for the purpose of going to this place that God had given to them. Look with me in the same chapter down to verse number 17. Deuteronomy chapter 12. You can read in between there. I promise you I'm not taking these out of context, but for sake of time, we can't read the whole chapter. Verse 17 Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy what? Corn and of thy wine or of thy oil or of the firstlings of thy herds or of thy flock. So the tithe is, again, we've seen already the agricultural side of it. This is the first time we're seeing that it also deals with the flocks. What about somebody who is a carpenter who sold his wares? We don't find in Scripture. What about somebody that was a miner or a steel artifact person where they would, they would carve things and make things metallurgy? They're not required. Now, I will say this. Most of the people back then had some kind of a farm and oftentimes farmed it for their families, but not all of them. The tithe that was spoken of both uh, to the Levites, and now here to go to the festival, deals with the agricultural side of things. Uh, and so he tells them here um, in verse number 15, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, verse number, uh, yeah, verse number 15. Notwithstanding, thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates whatsoever thy soul, notice this, lusteth after, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God which he hath given thee, the unclean and the clean may eat thereof, as of the roebuck and as of the heart. Only ye shall not eat the blood, ye shall pour it upon the earth as water. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thy oil, or of the firstlings of thy herd, or thy flock, or any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor thy free will offerings, nor heave offerings of thine hand. But thou must eat them, notice this, verse 18, before the Lord thy God, in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, the Levite, that is within thy gates. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest uh, thine hands unto. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. And uh, when the Lord thy God, verse 20, uh, shall enlarge thy border as he hath promised thee, and shalt say, I will eat flesh, because thy soul longeth to eat flesh. Thou mayest eat flesh, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. If the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to put his name there be too far from thee. Now here's where money does come into the picture. But I want you to notice how it comes into the picture. If the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to put his name there be too far from thee, then thou shalt kill of thy herd and of thy flock, which the Lord hath given thee, and as I have commanded thee, and thou shalt eat in thy gates whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Even as the roebuck and the heart is eaten, so shalt thou eat them. The clean and the unclean shall eat of them alike. Only be sure that thou eat not the blood and the blood of life, for thou mayest not eat the life of the flesh. Uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't have the right passage, therefore the one about the money. But uh, we do find that they are to use it 
for the purpose of uh, attending these festivals. Um, and uh, so we have uh, two different tithes at this point that have been given. Now, there is another one. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14. And here's where we will find the, the passage on the money. I'm sorry. I was off uh, by one, one reference here. Deuteronomy chapter number 14 and verse number 22. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year, and thou shalt eat thereof. So, uh, again, what is the tithe? The tithe here in verse 22 is the increase of thy what seed that thy field bringeth forth year by year. Thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The tithe of thy corn and of thy wine and of thy oil, the firstlings of thy herds and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. And if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money. And bind up the money in thine hand, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And uh, a lot of preachers say, aha, there it is. That's where you're supposed to tithe on the money. But let's keep reading. What does it say? And thou shalt bestow that money, notice this phrase, for whatever thy soul lusteth after. Now, it's not speaking here of sinful lust. It's just speaking here of an appetite. All right? Understand the context here. God tells them that thou shalt bestow the money on whatsoever thy soul lusted after. So the things that he's telling them to bestow their money on obviously are not sinful because uh, God would not tell them to do this if it was sin. All right? So let's look at verse 26 together now. And thou shalt bestow the money for whatsoever thy soul lusted after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice now in thine household. And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. And at the end of, look look verse 28, at the end of what? Three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithe, thine increase, the same year shall lay it up within thy gates. So, so far, what have we learned? We've learned that at least there's 10% that's to be given to the Levites. But the Levites are no longer in existence. And that tithe was only to be given once every three years. I'm starting to have some issue with the idea that we need to do it the way that they did it in the Old Testament because God didn't end it in the New Testament. Well, the problem with that is we're not doing it the way they did it in the Old Testament. We're not giving of our crops, our flocks. Most of them don't have them. We're not giving it to the Levites because they're no longer a position doing that any longer. Uh, We're not giving it to go to the feast or the festivals. And that was a second tithe, another 10%. If I know my math right, that's 10% and 10% equals how much? 20%. There's a third tithe given here. I'm going to introduce it to you. We'll have to pick up here next week. And, and please, folks, I'm not telling us not to give. All right? Uh, the Bible does speak very highly on this, so hang in there with me. This, this is a subject that 
If we're going to do justice to it, it's going to take a few weeks to get through it. But when we get done with it, if you will follow what the Bible says, I think it will change our view on this. There's a third tithe given, and let's, let's take a quick look at it. It's found in verse number 28 of this same chapter. <coughs> Deuteronomy chapter 14, and verse 28. At the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates. And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. So, We've got the festival, we've got the Levite, but I want you to notice verse number 29, there's a third one. And the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of the hand which thou doest. And so we are to have a tithe, and we'll look a little bit further into this. This is not, this verse just introduces it. Um, we will look further into this and find out that there is a separate and additional Ten percent that is to be given to the poor, the widows, and the fatherless. None of them were to be given to sustain the temple or the tabernacle. They were given to people. Uh, the offerings were given to sustain the tabernacle and later on the temple. And we'll look at that in Scripture and see that. Uh, you're going to see some things because, again, I'm going, to, I'm going to show you not every account of Scripture because we don't have time for that. But I will show you a lot of it. And I will promise you, if you'll go back in and start in Genesis and look up every single reference of tithing or tenth, you'll find the things that I'm telling you are, are absolutely there. We've just not taught them. In fact, they were taught... For almost 1,800, a little over 1,800 years this way. It's only been in the last about 130, 140 years that we have changed what we've, teach, what we've taught on this. Uh, we need to be careful. I'm not asking you to change your position. What I'm asking you to do is understand what the Bible teaches on the subject. And if you get to the end of it and you say, well, I'm still going to keep tithing, that's great. God still loves a cheerful giver. And I don't think you're sinning to give of a tithe. Uh, I just think you're missing out on so much that God wants us to enjoy from the giving that we do. And I hope that it will be a help to you. Um, so uh, hang in there. Come back next Sunday. Uh, it, you can go ahead. Feel free to go ahead and start looking ahead if you want to. Study it yourself. Um, and I'll be glad to, to answer any questions you have along the way. Uh, but, but trust me on this. As I tell you, it's going to take at least next week and, and maybe a third week even um, before we finish this. Uh, a couple other just general thoughts I'll, I'll give you. Uh, every seventh year, they were to let the fields rest and the flocks rest. No tithe on the seventh year. Every 50th year, year of Jubilee, uh, they were to let the land rest again. And again, every 50th year, they were not to... Uh, there, there was no tithe to give. Uh, God would give them uh, an extra abundance the year prior to those years. And so they would tithe on that. Uh, but on those particular years, they didn't tithe <clears throat> because there was no increase of that year. Um, hang in there, okay? Uh, I, uh, last time I taught this a few years ago, uh, I, had, I had a friend, good dear friend of mine, uh, come to me and say, well, I've been given uh, 
I've been tithing for years, and God has honored it, and God has blessed it. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you He won't, because God always honors giving. Uh, I'm, that's not my point in this. I'm not telling us we shouldn't tithe. I'm saying we shouldn't hold to it as an obligation in the New Testament. The Bible doesn't teach that. There are two mentions of tithe in the New Testament. You can check me out. Uh, dealing with the tenth or the tithe. Neither one of them are in a positive sense. Both of them are pre-Calvary. So still, you realize that there are some things, especially in the Gospels, that are still Old Testament because Calvary had not yet happened. Um, the New Covenant had not yet been established. And he, uh, Christ condemns the Pharisees for their uh, misconstrued concept of tithing. And those are the only two mentions you'll find of tithing in the New Testament. You won't find it anywhere else. Which is odd that God would teach His disciples so many things. How to pray, how to be fishers of men, and yet He wouldn't teach them on tithing. Uh, the Apostle Paul, so many of the apostles, they speak extensively of New Testament giving. But they do not ever mention tithe or the tenth. And uh, so we'll take a look at that, Lord willing, next week. Uh, hang in there, and uh, I think there's some wonderful, wonderful rejoicing truth. Last time I taught this, somebody came to me afterwards and uh, uh, gave an illustration. Said, you know, there was a time where a certain amount of money was was given, um, uh, and uh, a burden was placed on the heart, and uh, they gave all of what they had. And she said, God blessed that. And I said, okay, that's, that's true, but they didn't tithe. If they tithed, they would have only given 10% of what they had. They gave all of what they had. And God blessed it. And that's exactly my point, is sometimes the Lord will lay on your heart far more than 10%. Sometimes it may be less than 10%. Uh, but we're going to look at some things and hopefully be biblical in this area of giving. And... Uh, I like I, the, the the offering box that we put in the back here uh, of the church. It was already there before I became the pastor here. And I asked, uh, I'd never seen a church do it like that before. And I asked uh, Brother Andy Casey back uh, when he was here, I said, why, why do we do the offering that way and don't pass a plate? And he said somebody had come to him and had asked him out of the uh, Sermon on the Mount when Jesus taught about not letting your right hand know what your left hand was giving how we justify that passage with passing publicly a plate. And I thought, boy, there's a lot of truth there. He said, I had to do some soul search and come to find out uh, probably shouldn't have been doing it publicly and just needed to have a place where somebody could walk by and unobtrusively drop it in and not, not make a big deal about uh, what was going on. And uh, I think giving is, is very, very important to a church. I think it's part of our heart to the Lord. Uh, but I, I want us to have the right understanding of it from Scripture. All right? Well, we went a little long this morning, so we'll start probably about five minutes after the hour. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We pray that You'll bless it and use it. Lord, help us to rightly divide it, to understand it. And Lord, may we do it scripturally. Uh, for far too long, uh, we have mistaught this, perhaps because we've not studied it, we've not had a desire to study it, we've just taken what we've been taught from others, we've heard it. 
And uh, we just took it at face value and, and just trusted what we were taught. Father, may we come to Your Word. May Your Holy Spirit guide us and direct us in all of the truth of this issue. And may we glean from it what You intend for us to glean from it, the great joy, the great satisfaction there is in giving as Your Holy Spirit leads us and directs us. And so, Father, help us in this area. Bless uh, the the preaching time to follow. Uh, Strengthen us for the hour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.